everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, we've got an interview with um, a, a woman by the name of Teresa English. Um, who ran for public office? Who ran yeah, for? Yeah, it's our continuing series on trying to get uh, athe- atheists, non-believers out there running for office. Yeah, and so she's uh, she. We're interview. Our interview with her uh, talks about like her experience and everything, and she's got some great things to say. So oh, she's great. Oh she's, my god, you guys are gonna really love it. It's yeah. great. And that's and com- and you'll be inspired, and then you'll go and run for office. And I think that <laughs> that's exactly crossed. the whole point. All right. So. Well, coming up before all of that, um, we do have some some things happened this some week. News, news. Uh, but before news, I just got to say, yeah, our delightful little uh, shindig last the 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 our New Year's Eve extravaganza. Yeah, so much fun. It was so much fun. I it had was a great so time. So much fun, Dan. Um, we had. I obviously New Year's Eve works really well for something like that. Only during COVID nineteen. Only this. This is the only New Year's Eve <laughs> that we get do not to expect do that. that to happen ever again because no. uh, you'll all be at parties or whatever. We'll be at parties. Yeah, but we're gonna but, find uh, another moment when we can. Uh, we'll have something big like that again. Yeah, we'll because put it together was too another, much fun to not do thing. again. It was great, so. and uh, thanks for everybody. To everyone oh, who uh, who joined us, and thanks uh, for all of the the kind feedback that we've received, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 we're just uh, we're just pleased as punch about the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. So now that we now, now that we've gotten that out of the way, quick, Frank, depress us with news stories. Okay. Oh, Dan. Uh, yeah, I got a the- survey. I have a uh, survey that is bumming me out, Dan. Oh no, you love surveys. I love surveys, and this one. <laughs> <sighs> All right, this is over in the UK. Yeah, um, they've you know they're doing the same thing we do. We look at our uh, at our Gen Zers and we're like, what the hell is going on with you guys? Yeah, right. Um, just like we were doing with the millennials. I think we have the millennials figured out now. We like them. I think we've yeah. decided we like millennials. We're still not sure about Gen Z. Um, and. <laughs> Yeah, they seem they seem like they're they're pretty fired up. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay. liking them. They're okay. I but jury's still out. And here's some yeah. uh, here's some uh, details that might have at least our uh, British uh, listeners a little bummed. Um, the survey has found that uh, young uh, older adolescents and young adults who belong to that co- cohort called Generation Z um, yeah. are more likely to believe in God than are millennials ew yeah gross what is going on who is raising these people (laughs) uh gen uh gen xers yeah it's Uh, us (laughs) it's our fault (laughs) sharing up somehow oh no um yeah the survey was conducted uh in late november and found that uh 23 percent of britain's aged 16 to 24 said they believe in god uh, with an additional 13% saying they believe in a higher spiritual power. Now, to compare that to, um, you know, the, 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 that older cohort uh, called millennials, who are up to 25 to 39 now. I know. Do you, can you believe that? As of this year, we're going to have 40-year-old oh, millennials. I, I, I don't know how that's possible. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, compared to that 23% saying they believe in God, uh, only 19% of millennials do. Um, yeah. And they and as far as like the believing in a higher power thing, uh, that's 16% uh, compared to the 13% of, uh, of, of uh, Gen Z. So a little shift there in the numbers, yeah. a little bit more confident, right, in the belief in God. Um, and then uh, this compares to um, <laughs> the general British population of uh which says which has 27 percent saying they believe in god can you believe Only that 27 percent fucking believe that i mean clearly they're doing something right over there but guys yeah. you got to get these gen zers in line oh they'll come in line they'll mm. be fine they just gotta they're just they're in their experimental phase now they're just <laughs> yeah is that what happens when a, when a society is, turns is, atheist that it's the religious the equivalent dabble? to 
It's the religious equivalent to I was a lesbian for a minute in college. It's... <laughs> I dabbled in Presbyterianism. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, what is really interesting is that you are, they were able to compare uh, these numbers to the same generation um, back in January. They did a similar survey. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, the belief in God has gone up this year, just well, in over the course of the year, right? And what? so they're they're looking at it and they're like, "Is this?" And and they don't know. They're asking the question: Did the pandemic do something to these kids? Right? Did did it do something? Did it warp this generation somehow to where they 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 they're believing in a higher power over just the course of a year? We're having more people say they believe in God. You know what? You know what it was. What is it? It was Brexit. It 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 Brexited them <laughs> into the churches. I don't know. The, anyway, the, the 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 influence of secular Europe is right. is waning. That's right. That's right. All of those <laughs> those evil French and and Belgian influences are wearing off now. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of European uh, influences, I am going to talk about uh, a Catholic bishop, sort of the, the, the top Catholic bishop of Germany. Oh. Uh, he's he's the, the president of the, uh, nas- the German National Conference on Catholic Prelates. Uh, and he gave an interview uh, to a, a, a news service in a, a, a German magazine and basically uh had some pretty impressive things to say here's the thing what you need to remember uh is that they the even though they try not to religious uh organizations like the catholic church do still exist within modern society and (laughs) somehow they really try not to remember that but uh this guy (laughs) seems to have seen the writing on the wall uh this is a guy named uh uh, Georg Betzing, and he basically he he said he he's noticed a few trends, and is a little concerned. Uh, oh. And basically he's basically saying uh, that there are problems with the church's view on homosexuality and on uh, women not being allowed to be uh, to get the priesthood. Um, the problem is they're not strict enough. <laughs> right. No, that's that. I can think of other German uh, Catholics that would that would say that. But no, not this one. He's oh, actually wow. he hasn't presented any uh, solutions to the problem. Oh, but he has what he but he's basically saying that uh, it's time for the church to start uh, maybe coming into the 20th. Yeah. I, he's not saying 21st, but the 20th century, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, well, you know, and maybe wise up yeah. to to the fact that, you know, gay people... First of all, when your entire clergy... When 70% of your clergy is gay and you're just... Pre- and everybody's still pretending that being gay is just a quote-unquote disordered behavior or whatever, uh, you, you may need to be a little more honest with yourselves. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, admitting that you have a problem is like the first step, That's, right? Like yeah. you have to like... You have to discover... You don't have to have a solution... But you need to see that there's a problem. So yeah, huh. yeah. I mean, so I hope so that spreads. It's a small thing. Uh, he's just one guy, but he's an important guy. Uh, and uh, and now he'll never get to be a cardinal because he said this stuff. <laughs> he knew he didn't have a chance already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't have said it. He was he was passed over two times, and then he was like, "Fine, I'm coming out in favor of queers." What do you think of that? <laughs> It's a risky gambit. Let's see. Let's see how it plays for him. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Uh, well, I, I kind of have a, a people doing the right thing story as well. Oh, kind of. Well, it's, it is just a, a sunny day for us all. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's about people doing the wrong thing. But there, oh, okay. there, the, at least there are some uh, people who did the right thing. And th- those people are officials uh, from the state of New Mexico who have fined two mega churches $10,000 each. Uh, for uh, their Christmas Eve services uh, last Religious week. Religious oppression! <laughs> I 
you know? Yeah, I know. The Legacy Church <laughs> and Calvary Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, both had uh, packed Christmas Eve services. You fucking uh, assholes. And they, they were posting on social media. And so there's like tons of fucking evidence. And the state was just like, fuck no. Uh, New York, uh, or New York, New Mexico governor, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, uh, condemned the churches um, with her spokesperson saying they violated the state public health order and common sense. These two churches and their leaders endangered the lives, livelihoods, and health of not only their parishioners, but their entire communities. Yes. Yes, that is yeah. correct. Um, however, I'm just glad they're, they're actually saying it in no uncertain terms. They're yeah. not, they're not like hedging or right. hemming and hawing about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, how are these churches are, you know, they have, they're, they're, they're how, how can, how, how can you say this about us? Uh, legacy yeah. church, um, <laughs> said that state officials overstepped their constitutional authority. Of course. Uh, and yeah. uh, we're countering what we are called to do by God to do. Um, yeah. It's tragic. You, huh? You're not called by God to expose your parishioners to oh, a disease that could kill them. Dan, see, that's where you go wrong. They continue <laughs> with their statement. It says, it's tragic that what we do for thousands of shut-ins, those in despair, and kids who go without meals get no state notice. But fixation on one service can net us large fines, they say. Yeah. Yeah. That was the service that you did the criminal activity in. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> exactly. We, All those days right. you this didn't, you know, kill yeah. someone. <laughs> it so takes like, just yeah, it, one time. It's like crying to a cop about what about yesterday when I wasn't stealing a car? Where were you then <laughs> to appreciate me? Right. Uh, Calvary Church also has a lot to say in this. They say that mm-hmm. uh, for these congregants, the risks of a complete lockdown to their spiritual, mental, and emotional health are equal to or greater than the risk of COVID-19 for their physical health. Oh, God, the fact they just are so selfish and they just don't get it. They keep framing it as this personal right that's being infringed upon and right. not the fact that they are creating a public health risk for everyone around them but anyway they right. continue it is for this reason and others that we believe a healthy local church is an essential operation of a healthy community fuck you you know I'm here's st- the thing ugh. i i honestly think that there is a point to be made and the that there's a there's a gap in our conversation about covid when it comes to people's mental health, mm. because we have not been talking about that the way we needed to. Mm. We have not, you know, it's something that does need to be tended to yeah. because it, people are really struggling. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what's not going to help killing some of them. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, all right, dumb, dumb. And I'm going to get even dumber. I'm just going to go next door from New Mexico to Arizona. Oh uh, yeah. There was no really good option between the two next doors. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, There's no the, dumber. It could have been either direction. I, I could have gone to Mexico. That would have been nice, <laughs> but no Arizona <clears throat> where uh, I think there was, I, I couldn't find it specifically. Uh, but I think that like some other states, there was an amnesty or or or, or a suspension of the uh, the 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 statute of limitation for people who wanted to sue uh, about for adults who wanted to sue about childhood sexual abuse. Yeah, and so right at the end of the year, um, on on Monday, December twenty eighth, a bunch of lawsuits were filed against the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints specifically because uh to do with the boy scouts of america now people who weren't raised like you and i in the mormon church (laughs) may not understand how closely tied together these organizations were yeah uh but literally there was no separation in my life no yeah the boy scout troop that i went to was comprised entirely of people of boys in my church ward right that's the parish and 
the the Boy Scout leaders were those were church callings. Yeah. So like literally, you know, my dad was a Weebelows leader for a, a long time, yeah. and that was his church calling. That was not him just choosing to volunteer for the for the Boy Scouts for the Cub Scouts because he liked it, right. which he did. But that's not why. Right. So, with that backdrop painted, I will say uh, this though: this this uh, Scoutmaster was usually an obvious choice, right? Like, oh yeah, it's yeah. You, it was you clear choose somebody who in the ward was going to be a scoutmaster, right? Right, or, and or maybe was more a to the point. Yeah, more to the point, it was clear who wouldn't be a scoutmaster. <laughs> but what wasn't clear, uh, what wasn't always obvious, was that uh, some of these people who were scoutmasters were were uh, interested in it for nefarious reasons, oh, yeah. and uh, and. There was sexual abuse, yeah, uh, in these things, and that you know that's one thing. But uh, these lawsuits allege that the church would co- would continually practice covering it up. So someone would go to the to their local bishop, uh, who again in Mormonism is just a lay person who's been called to be the the parish priest. <laughs> for a a period of time so they don't really know what to do but they do have a handbook anyway they'd be they'd be they you know they'd go to the bishop and say hey you know this happened i was sexually abused or my son my child was sexually abused by this guy yeah but then the bishop would say hey keep it on the on the down low while we conduct an internal investigation right. the the scout leader would be left in place mm. to continue doing whatever he's going to do and mm. it would all get swept under the rug yeah yeah i believe that i There's, 100% believe yeah, that the, i know matter of fact i know people to whom this has happened seriously so, of course it's true now the church for their part uh say Quote, the claim that the church has has had... Act, well, oh, no, that's not... There's this whole thing about um, access to, uh, to ineligible volunteer files, which they're claiming they didn't have access to, which I don't know about that. Uh, but they are saying that they would never tolerate uh, any, uh, any kind of abuse of kids. And I'm like, well, uh, unless you look at all of the things... Look at all of the evidence, because we have reported many times when the church has uh, just blatantly ignored or uh, or swept under the rug some pretty awful heinous yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. So that's happening. <sighs> well, I hope th- I'm I'm yeah. glad they got the cases filed. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. All right. Uh, well, Dan. Yes. I've got- <laughs> I got the story of um, a former U.S. representative who got into some hot water. Um, uh, her name was Corrine Brown. Uh, okay. She was, uh, I believe, floor representative in Florida. Um, that never goes well. <laughs> uh, Marco Rubio. <laughs> well, she was convicted uh, back in 2017 for... Um, using a charity that she controlled for personal expenses and events, um, she raised over $833,000 in donations for the, for the group, um, and used a lot of it apparently for, uh, things that weren't sort of in the, the, the mission statement of the organization. Um, (laughs) but nonetheless, uh, like I said, she was convicted and she's currently, the case is in appeals. Uh, right. And the, the 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 way that the her attorneys are arguing uh, this case uh, in appeals uh, has to do with the the judge in the original case replacing a juror um, who they are saying was discriminated against on the basis of religion and deprived uh, Brown subsequently, of course, because of her. Uh, constitutional rights. Um, right. So, okay. So let's let's get into this. What? Why did the judge uh, dismiss this juror? Oh, it could be that before the 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 jury even started deliberations on the case, 
the juror admitted that uh, the Holy Spirit had told him that Brown was not guilty of all the charges. Oh, oh dear. Uh, and that is that is the best kind of evidence that you can get. So, um, yeah, uh, the the oh, rest God. of the jurors obviously uh, they went through deliberations and convicted her, uh, right. found her guilty um, because she, I you know probably did all these things but well, no yes. the good old holy spirit said no um well any- my imaginary friend said she didn't do it so i get to i get to vote that way <laughs> right not based on any evidence or the the facts in the case or anything like that well seems seems reasonable to me right that the judge would be like you're you're out of here you're you're done however we these federal prosecutors in the in the case um, are, are saying uh, that this juror, who is known as Juror 13, had decided the case based on something other than the evidence, blah, 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 like we were just saying, right? Right. Um, and that, they had, that he had done so without participating in the crucible of deliberation with his fellow jurors. So the issue is not whether jurors can seek or receive spiritual guidance. Of course they can. There's nothing wrong with belief in answered prayers or in answered prayers themselves, the prosecutors wrote. But something wrong, is incorrect. <laughs> sure. Right. But, but, but legally speaking, right. okay. But something is wrong when, as the district court found, the answer comes in a form divorced from the evidence and interferes with the juror's duty to deliberate and decide the defendant's guilt or innocence based on the evidence. Um, right. So, but her attorneys wrote in response. It is hard to understand the district court's decision as anything other than a holding that relatively abstract religious beliefs are permissible, even useful in assuring uh, that jurors follow their oaths, but more specific religious beliefs, including any notion that the divine could lead a juror to one view of the evidence, are verboten. Yeah, Uh. the whole point is... This juror didn't actually consider the evidence. Right. That's kind of the whole issue here. That is actually, absolutely. Because like, who cares if it's like, obviously they, they only care because this one person was on their side. Right. And so they're having, but like if it, if they were talking about Xenu, right. Or if they were talking about like anyone, some, some, any imaginary friend other than God, Right, they would have absolutely nothing to stand on. Um, it, yeah. Anyway, the case has gotten the attention of attorneys general uh, from a bunch of other states, including Nebraska, Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Dakota, and Texas. And considering that list of states, I'm sure that yeah, <laughs> I can guess which side of this issue they're falling on. They have uh, filed a friend of the court brief uh, in November, uh, supporting Brown and the the appeal. This is gross uh, freedom of religion stuff. Like, this yeah. This is... Oh, this makes me sick to think Yeah, oh, yeah. where this it's, could go. Uh, where this could go if it just gets in front of the wrong judges. Well, I mean, again, this is, this is, a, this is a job for the satanic temple. This is one of those things where, like, if it... If, and the thing is that her attorneys, of course, their job is to try and any secure a win. Yeah, a win. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, it does make one wonder if they would try the same tactic, if it were if some, one of the jurors had said, you know, Satan told me that she's innocent. <laughs> well, they probably was wouldn't just because they they knew they would know that that would not go anywhere. Right, that they would not. That would not. The likelihood of that right. tugging on the right strings. Right. Right. Is, or Allah would oh, I? You know, that I, would one be great, wonders. It? Yeah. Yeah. Would they make the same argument? They might, because she's been convicted, and they need a reason for her to be unconvicted. Yeah. But, but man, they would be. I, I guarantee you that Amicus brief would be gone. None of those states. <laughs> Would be anywhere near no that. Kidding. No kidding. Because they're hypocrites. Yep. Anyway, uh, speaking of hypocrisy. Oh. Here's an interesting story of a group calling out hypocrisy in a way that I'm not expecting. Okay. I am. You you had some earlier. I'm. I, 
I, I had some people not, you know, I feel like there's an upswing here. It's 2021. It's a new universe we're living in. Mm. I'm just going to I'm just going to be positive about okay. this whole thing. All right. More than 400 students of Liberty University. Uh that bastion of education, Liberty University. <laughs> uh Jerry Falwell's uh uh big thing, his project uh have signed a petition that is asking for the removal of the association of liberty university with the falkirk foundation oh now for those who don't know or the falkirk center sorry for those who don't know the falkirk center was founded this year last year i'm not sure very recently okay by jerry falwell and charlie kirk now can you do, do you oh, hear it boy. yeah it's cute. they named it after themselves that's cute paul kirk yeah they they're really this is jerry falwell jr by the way not senior uh who is no longer who is now the disgraced former president of liberty <laughs> u um but the falkirk center is still doing well and it it's basically a conservative political think tank mm -hmm. uh think yeah the concept Light of thinking, thinking might yeah <laughs> But it's a tank. They got themselves a tank for sure. Uh, anyway, the, it's basically just been sort of a pro-Trump, uh, uh, just Ugh. crazy place, right. a place of craziness. And these students, oh, like I said, over 400 current and recently graduated students have signed this petition to say, look, this is actually what what little cachet one has from a... a uh, Liberty University education, this is tarnishing. <laughs> they said, quote, uh, we want to be known as people who were given an education not only to enter our desired fields, but also to live as people chosen by the Father, united to the Son, and regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> not as people who were educated to become champions of Trump and Western civilization in the, quote, cultural battlefield oh okay which okay I, you know i'm actually that gives me hope wow like people are starting to see through the cracks of the trump cultism it might be that the veil is kind of being lifted off of the the radicalized right hmm. to some extent i don't know how much to hope for that's uh, crazy. Because I, I, I mean, if and you, my optimism is cautious. Yeah, because if you if you wind up at Liberty University, which I will, <laughs> I will definitely wind up at Liberty. Okay, if one winds up at Liberty <laughs> University, right. one would think that one um, was pretty rabid in their conservatism. Yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would just imagine it's just. Like they have MAGA Hat Wednesday because what uh, which academic program attracted them to it, right? Do they have? Is it like yeah. BYU that it's like? Well, at least the business school is good, you know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like what Liberty University specialties are actually huh. like reasonably decent, but I'm I I'm genuinely impressed that that this is happening. Hmm. That uh, uh that that I mean. Yeah, and who knows how much of it is people kind of rolling their eyes about Jerry Falwell Jr. himself and his mm. recent tumble from grace. But there you go. Uh, at least that's out there in the world. Pe people deep inside of evangelicalism seeing through the, uh, the, the very problematic political uh, associations hmm. that 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 they've had for so long yeah so there you go everybody hey if you went to liberty university and want to tell us what what the good school is there i would please love to feel hear that <laughs> please feel free to write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and leave us a voicemail message the telephone number is 424-666-8442 stick around there is more show coming up Hey, Dan. Hey. Um, here's a voice that we've unfortunately come to know on the show. Um, 
One Mr. E.W. Jackson. Yeah. Nice guy. He's a nice guy. Don't you think he's... <laughs> that, he... that rare breed of, uh, of black pastor who's super into Trump and Trumpism yeah. and all of that sort of thing. It's, it's a delightful thing when you get... Look, anyone who's into Trump is is joyful. But when you're really into somebody who's very much in favor of your own oppression, that's uh that mwah, that is just perfection. So <laughs> here's uh EW Jackson talking about our our upcoming president and comparing him which he's not convinced about by the way, of course and comparing not. him to I mean I'm not. Convinced. Here we go. Oh, who who, who could, could be, convinced be convinced at this point? All right, here we go. When he stood up and said as according to some at least i've never called him this but uh, many are calling him president-elect this is the first time i've even used those words believe me because i don't believe he is but many do and many are already submitting it to his authority and believing that this is the next president of the united states i'm not yet i'm not convinced he was pronouncing a curse on this nation the darkest days of COVID are ahead of us, not behind us. Well, then what's the, what's, the, what's the vaccine all about? What is this stuff? We keep learning more and more about the disease. What is that all about? What are all the lockdowns all about? So what, are we going to be locked down for the next two or three years or something? I mean, what, what, you know, people don't understand. A leader can either curse or bless that which he leads. And we've had a president for the last four years. People can like him. They can say whatever they want to say. For the last four years, and I'm not talking about what he said about other people and to other people and all that. For the last four years, President Donald J. Trump has blessed America. I love America, he says. I love our country. It's a beautiful country. We're going to make America great again. We're going to put America first. America is going to succeed. America is going to grow. America is going to thrive. America is going to prosper. He has blessed this country for the last four years. The words of his mouth have been blessing. And Joe Biden is not even in office yet, and he's already pronouncing curses on our country. Uh, oh, you know, when... when <sighs> I don't know what to say. Like it's just the the, the uh, I'm tired. You know what I mean? I am just tired of all of this nonsense. <laughs> where it's like you it is he literally picks the one quote that he can find by Joe Biden that sounds negative, <laughs> which is absolutely true by the way that there is that like we, he, when he said it, he was talking about we're entering into what is already currently now the worst yeah. moment in the COVID thing. Under like, Trump, the by the way, EW. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, how do you think we got here, you know, with this guy who's blessing right. us so much? Huh. Right. Although I will say this about uh, EW Jackson. He is correct in that if you ignore all of the things that donald trump has done that that's bad you know how he said like oh yeah you know i'm not talking about the things he said about the people or you know all that sort of thing if you ignore everything that's shitty about that guy oh he's a great guy he he has said some nice things things like i love america he has said that <laughs> you have to script it you have to put it on his teleprompter but he will say uh, it oh my god oh, uh, how these people how have we gotten to this point dan Oh, we're we're almost we're almost there. You know what? It's 2021. It's a new lease on life. Everything's great now. <laughs> Everything's good now. It's uh, it's all uphill from here. I don't know. I'm... We bottomed out, <laughs> and now it's just whoosh. I don't know, Dan. Uh, so far, uh, uh, the beginning of this year is a lot like the end of last year. I'm just gonna say. It. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> like I just. I'm sorely disappointed. I had all I had very... all my hopes riding on it just being. <laughs> better instantly and better and it's, and it's not oh that is that is a disappointment <laughs> that is rough so far i have to say and maybe i'm coming at this a little too soon i haven't really given the year a chance yet yeah um, it does feel maybe like have maybe a more open give it mind 
I'm not convinced. Give it a, That's all I'm give saying. Give it a full 24 hours before you make that call. <laughs> all right. Uh, we had some folks write into us, uh, call into us. Uh, so let's start with Allison writing to us from Des Moines, nice. who says, Hi, Frank and Dan. Your segment about the COVID vaccine really resonated with me. Today is my three-year anniversary of becoming vegan. Mm. I research I research before I buy any new products because as a vegan, I will do everything as far as practically possible to avoid animal exploitation and cruelty. Mm. That said, I will be taking this vaccine as soon as possible, and I don't personally know any vegans that won't be. Medicine is different. Mm. When there's an option... I go for the one without animal products, but I never skip any vaccination or medicine that my doctor recommends. Yeah. Religion is so broken. Usually I feel sorry for people when their religion makes their lives worse, but this is hurting all of us. The thought that people are skipping this vaccine <laughs> over God makes me so angry. Yeah. Same yeah. here. Any, uh, I will, she concludes with, uh, anyway, thank you so much for the show and the community you built. Mm. Your voices are appreciated. Well, thank you yeah, very thanks. much, Allison. Uh, <sighs> do we have we have a voicemail? Do we not? We do. Uh, Mark, who um, he he, oh, he found himself at church on uh, oh Lord on Mark. New Year's no, Eve. No, why? And let's. He, oh, this is his story. Hey, Frank and Dan. This is uh, this is Mark. I've called a couple times. I'm not exactly an out atheist. So I ended up getting reeled into the position of having to attend a, a uh, New Year's Eve church service with my parents. Um, now, they know I'm not attending church or anything like that, but, I mean, my, uh, my family situation is a little kind of screwed up anyways, so this is kind of a unneutral way of doing things. But when I got there, holy crap, the, <laughs> the, the precautions were not exactly – perfect it was there was a sign that said face masks are encouraged with five masks on a table and as i looked around the building nobody was wearing a mask in fact those who were wearing masks mostly had their masks underneath their noses but i don't know if i've ever heard a less muscular statement face masks are encouraged and the pastor when he got up on the stage he was wearing one of those uh, those glasses like face shield type things and he said okay let me take the stupid thing off now and everyone laughed because haha so funny you know, we don't it's not like this is a serious thing or anything like that and it was infuriating i uh i was just sitting there with my mask on getting looks like what is this guy doing and it was it was, it was a terrible experience not only did i have to listen to the church music i had to listen to the pastor drone on and on and then watch people not wear masks so hopefully i'm not sick in two weeks anyways decided to give you a call have a great week guys bye oh mark wearing a mask like a doofus <laughs> when in rome mark come on man just uh, take off the mask the mar uh, oh god yeah i i know leave Every, everybody, if you're in this situation, just leave. Don't you don't have to come out as atheist, but just but yeah, I mean, wouldn't I felt unsafe your, be a good thing to say? Uh, like I don't yeah. know. Like Mark, I mean, I, I get it. You. Like I mean, how 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 safe? How much safer can you be when uh, I assume you live with your parents? So if if they go and come home with it, you know you're yeah, exposed exactly. anyway. But yeah, I hope you're good in two weeks, man. Um, oh. It's just, it's just so infuriating. It's just, uh, but I'll, although I will say, what a, what a hilarious joke that pastor made, oh, that priest made. What? He's got a future in comedy, that one. Oh my God, just so funny. <laughs> just so great, you guys. Gotta get this stupid oh. thing off. He, he knows how to play to his audience. That's good. Yeah. He knows. He... Literally, do you know what it is? I just can't imagine people looking back in history and going, oh, look, they did know how to slow down this pandemic and they just half of them didn't want to do it dan it's what are you talking it's about It's something in this nation's dna i mean have you the, yeah. with the, the the spanish flu it was the same thing the anti-mask guild or whatever it was right like the they were anti-maskers back then they knew that yeah. masks helped 
A hundred <sighs> years ago, they knew. People, we've made people no progress, not as a society, right? Like we we yeah. haven't grown in a hundred no. years to be more no. altruistic in our thinking, right? Well, because we can get we can get smarter, we can understand things like the breadth of human understanding can grow, yeah. but that doesn't like make anybody's individual brain any smarter. No. Yeah. That doesn't make them any better at, you know, making good decisions. Anyway, uh, oh, and by the way, everybody, just as a public service announcement, if your mask is below your nose, you're not wearing a mask. Yeah. Just so that you know, you're not wearing the mask. So if it's below your nose, pull it up. <laughs> Cover your nose. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not actually doing it, and yeah. you might as well just take it off. Yeah. Um, also, the one where it's just on your chin. That does nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Literally, it I don't, your e chin. I don't even know how you could think it's doing something. Like, I can see why you think I maybe think just your you. mouth covered. Uh, you're, you're probably right about that. But. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, cover your nose and your mouth with your mask. Wear your mask. Uh, Sasha and Sherry wrote into us. Nice. Hi, guys. We're currently enjoying. They were writing wild enjoying the New Year's Eve live stream. Wow. Uh, and just want to say a huge thank you to you both, uh, mm. as well as all the guests who have appeared on the fun show. Mm. As former as former born in Jehovah's Witnesses, oh. your podcast and those of the guests you had on have literally been a lifeline during our awakening and exit from our cult. Mm. Thank you for helping us reclaim our lives mm. and live our happy, authentic selves. Oh. We're we're also volunteer workers with the RFR, which is the uh, recovering, which is recovering from religion. Fantastic! Uh, so it was amazing to see Dr. Daryl on the show yeah. too. Thanks again, guys. Uh, it's a privilege to be supporters of the work you do. Mm. Happy New Year from Sydney, Australia. Amazing! That's fantastic. And we, again, so cool. Again, if you if you missed uh, the live stream. You missed something. Yeah. It was good. They got to they got to watch the show during the day in Australia. I am jealous. Yeah. Like next year we should do it from Australia. Yes. <laughs> so that and, and but do the same time zones we just did now. So we don't There you go. So we can like get to bed at a decent hour and, and yeah. all that stuff. But oh uh, my god, that was fun, Dan. I continually try to reach out to our Australian listeners and say, Look, put together some funds and bring us out there. <laughs> We'll, not not, not right, right now. now. Normally, Obviously. I'd be right on immediately on the plane. But you had to. You actually had to cancel a trip to Australia because of this fucking. We pandemic. were two weeks away from our vacation in Australia when COVID hit. So. When when the international lockdown happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking bummer. Yeah. So disappointing. Not Ugh. not great. Anyway, not great. Well, Dan, uh, we have people to we, thank, right? We do have some people to thank. I will. I'll, I'll start us okay. off. Uh, first of all, Veronica gave us both a one-time donation, oh. uh, which is very generous, yeah. and then also uh, signed up to do a, a monthly donation. Oh so, my God. Veronica, thank you so That's much. Awesome. I hope you intended to do both of those things <laughs> because you did it. Um, if so, Veronica, I, I officially welcome you into the. Melchizedek priesthood. Oh, which uh, office? You are, you, let's make her a a, a priest. Uh, or no, nope, nope, uh, you, you got we're, it all we're, confused there. Melchizedek is the elders' I mean, high priest. I know. I know. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm not even thinking. And look, we did a long, long live stream yesterday. <laughs> I'm amazed my brain works at all. You're an elder. We're gonna make you an, an elder, elder, Veronica. Hooray for you. Congratulations. Uh, and then also Donna, thank you so much for your oh, one-time donation. You. you we'll make Donna a priest. Nice. You're a priest, Donna. That's wonderful. Welcome to the fold. Uh, yeah. and over on Patreon, Dan, um, yeah. we have I'm just gonna go with S uh, okay. to thank. Um, and uh, S is a new deacon. Uh, so thank you so much for signing up. You know what all these people did is they went to thankgodamatheus.com and clicked on the support tab. And uh, and it took them to the option that, that suited them the most. PayPal or, yeah. or, or Patreon. And so we thank you so much. Um, and then, of course, as always, Dan, we have our top donor to thank, our Lord and Savior, Dennis. You guys are amazing.
Hey, Dan. Hey. Uh, we have a guest uh, that's going to be coming on in just a second. Thank God, because um, we are awful. <laughs> so having someone else and, on is always a treat. Um, and um, yeah, uh, her name is Teresa English, and she's actually, uh, she ran for state rep in the state of Massachusetts uh, this last election that's season. one of the good states. <laughs> I don't and, know. That's uh, an arbitrary appraisal. And she she actually reached out to us and said, hey, I would love to come on the show and talk about my experience um, and kind of talk about resources that I know about um, as part of our push to, to try to get people to, you know, listeners and atheists in general to just get out and run for something. Like yeah, run, go for, run office. for office. Teresa f- English. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you both for having me. This is wonderful to be able to talk to you guys and uh, hopefully encourage other people to do great things. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm just going to assume that it was it was uh, not us that inspired you to uh, to run for <laughs> office because we, we, we came in too late. But tell us well, about... Well, I will say that I have been listening to the two of you for years and oh, wow. running for office is something I only did this year. So, I mean, oh. if you want some credit, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of credit. We'll take it. We'll take it. Whatever we can get. Uh, so, t- so you, so tell us about your experience and uh, and why you decided to run for office and uh, and 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 what happened. Sure. So I am uh, an introvert normally, but I have strong ideas and passions. And I live in, as you said, one of the good states. Uh, I live here, so I can totally say that. Um, (laughs) And there are people that want uh, to remove freedoms that we've been fighting for. Uh, Abortion access um, is one thing that there has been a move to limit in Massachusetts. And we uh, collectively have said, no, thank you. Um, And... One, the person that is my state representative in my local district is a troll. He's awful. And Hmm. he has scared a lot of people into not running against him. And Hmm. after COVID and the pandemic and everything, I just said, what do I have to lose? And I jumped in the race. I was the only person um, and it seemed hmm. like the scariest thing I could have ever possibly have done, but it turned out not to be as awful as I thought it might be. Well, <laughs> not awful is great. What a ringing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound very enthusiastic, does it? But it's, uh, so I'm probably one of the last people that would have ever run for office. I don't like being in front of people. Uh, I don't like crowds. Um, but... I do enjoy making a difference and talking to people one-on-one and listening to the stories of people that are your neighbors and whose lives you could benefit by being a person that is putting forth good legislation instead Mm -hmm. of legislation that is actually harming us, right? We have this idea of politicians as someone that is super smart and has the right pedigree and knows what they're talking about. And the truth of the matter is the people that are elected, they're most of the time, uh, they don't deserve to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Your listeners, most of them are way better than our current leaders. (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. I uh, I one hundred percent believe that, and uh, and and you included. I I don't know you at all, and I I assume that it, that if you were just to be thrown in, knowing nothing about the job, you could do better than Mitch McConnell. You would be better. Yeah. So yeah, except you know, I actually reached out to the librarians and said, "Hey, here's this job I'm thinking about doing. What exactly is a state representative? Because I had no clue." Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, so what wow. is it? I mean, I mean, first of all, wait. You you said you went to librarians for this? I did because that's the kind of nerd I am. No, I love it. <laughs> what a, that's so smart. You you actually just did research like old school style. Right. Well, I figured the librarians would know where to start. I didn't know where to start. 
Yeah. You know, I typed in <laughs> what is a state representative in Google and I did not get good answers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but did oh, the librarians awesome. come through? The librarians were very helpful, yes. Uh, they um, sent me to the state archives and then they gave me a phone number for the state house librarian who would have been a great resource if not for COVID. Oh, mm, yeah. right. But it turns out I did things way more difficult than I had to because this is one of the resources. Uh, it's called, if you go to your computer and you type in traindemocrats.org, uh, the National Democratic Training Committee has done all of that work for all of us. Oh, hmm. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's all free. Uh, they do in-person training, online training. If you don't want to, like if you're more of a loner, kind of like I am, there's lots of videos you can watch and blogs to read. Um, so, so what yeah. kind of things did you, did you learn about running for office uh, in, going through this process? Yeah. So one of the things that he, I had no clue about was even how to be a candidate, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I know how to be myself. Um, but getting out in front of people and learning like how to do a mailer, how mm. to ask people for money, yeah. um, even what a campaign manager is and whether or not you need one. Hmm. Like, the, the gap of knowledge that I had back in March and June, because uh, I actually announced in July, so it was a really short campaign. Yeah, that's, but, that, that did not give you much time. It did not. Um, not in American terms, anyway. There are other not, countries where that's plenty, but... <laughs> right. Uh, I think it was plenty. Um, there are already people talking about the 2022 cycle, and right. that is yeah. too far away. Yeah. Um, but so for me, the, the gaps of knowledge I had were really big. Um, but for some people, they might already have a network of friends and family where they live. And it, a lot of it is just simple conversations, you know, contacting the person, you know, with your kid's PTO group and saying, hey, I'm thinking about running for office. What do you think? And getting that feedback was really valuable in the beginning because I thought it was a crazy idea. But the more people I talked to, the more they were like, yeah, I can see you being a leader. I can absolutely get behind your campaign. And by the time it was you know, by election night, I had hundreds of volunteers and a really mm. good staff. And I got, you know, a lot of votes. And it was one of the best things I've ever done. Hmm. That's got to be gratifying to just to to have put together in just a few months, a, a, a coalition like that to have gotten that kind of support. Is it is this is this something you're going to pursue going forward? I don't know. It's We'll see. I'm not ruling anything out, but I'm kind of focused on a little TV show that a friend and I are working on for our local uh, television station oh. um, and focusing more on our local politics. We've got a big local election coming in April that is going to determine the future of my town. <laughs> which oh, is a wow. really scary election coming up. Um, so between now and April, that's my focus. And anything else we'll see after that. Hmm. Okay. Well, well I, I love that, that. I mean, so, but it sounds like you're staying politically active is, is, is heavily, is very important uh, on your schedule. Absolutely. So, so much of everything that we do like even the ability to be talking to one another through you know the internet all of that is controlled by our laws and our laws are determined by the people that we elect to these offices so yeah. i support broadband access for my community and across the the country uh rural access to broadband is really one of the impediments to democracy and so those access to broadband for rural communities cannot happen unless we elect people that want it to happen and so yeah. that's why i will remain politically active and whether i'm running for office or whether i'm supporting friends or family or good candidates. Uh, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I love it. I love it. So 
there okay i want to i want i want to uh, paint a picture for us of life on the ground trying to get you know going trying trying to uh engage uh voters to vote for you how did how did that play out what did it feel like what did it look like so it was a roller coaster i would go from one conversation where I would talk to someone about how they were losing their housing benefits. And, you know, I would talk to them and help them get the right connections to solve problems. And it would feel really great and powerful. And then the very next conversation would be someone who's convinced that I support murdering newborns. Oh, yeah. And then the very next conversation would be about, you know, I love your signs. Can I get 10 more to give to my friends and family? It was just the constant up and down. And it was exhilarating. Hmm. And the, the trust that people placed in me with their stories and with their experiences and the things that they wanted to change, that meant a lot. Um, and it also demonstrates how much further we have to go as a society. You know, America was founded on such great ideals and I'm a history teacher. So I teach those to my students. And then when I'm on the ground and I was campaigning and talking to residents of my town, we have a lot more work to do. Mm. And that's what I'm excited about for 2021 uh, to bring it back around to, you know, it's New Year's is 2020 exposed a lot of our failings as a society. And I'm really hopeful that 2021 is when we can look back and say there was a lot. So there was a lot broken, but we came together as a community and we fixed it. Um, that's my hope. And so that's why I hope other people will take up the mantle and run for office and be agents of change. Yeah. 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 We definitely need this. Uh, you know, I don't know about your neck of the woods, but here in, uh, Salt Lake city, I don't know if you've heard of this. There's this group called the Mormons. They're this little, uh, (laughs) upstart group. Yeah. Uh, I dated a few Mormons in high school. Oh, really? Uh, A bunch where I grew up. Okay. Really? Uh but yeah, I mean we're we're in a very conservative state and uh and one that is just shy of a theocracy. I mean basically right. there is a there is this one organization where if they say jump, the entire state legislature just says how high. So right. uh, it's really important to us to uh to to have m- more visible atheists and and non-theists out there running for office uh were you were, were you openly uh non-theistic in as you ran for your office did or did did religious issues come up how, you know, how did you play how did you deal with that person asked okay. um, i since moving to massachusetts i have been openly an atheist um i we left Georgia. Um, our friends and family knew, but it's not exactly something I went around, you know, saying out loud in Georgia. Right. Uh, but once we moved up here, it was like, I don't care. Um, so <laughs> yeah. And neither did, does anyone else. And neither does anyone else. That's the thing. Um, yeah. We are a member of the what the locals call the hippie church. Um, huh. But it is it's a Unitarian Universalist church. Sure. That. It's a, there's no religion. Um, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> right. Around Christmas time, things get a little Christian-y, uh, but that's about it. It's a, so that provided some cover for anyone that might have asked, um, hmm. but no one asked, and I would have been 100% honest if anyone had asked. Yeah. Well, there. I I think that uh, I think that it's wonderful that you're out there fight fighting this good fight. I, and it sounds like, because I, I'll be honest with you, when I imagine campaigning, when I imagine going out there and trying to uh, to become a, uh, a a 
politician to join to join that fray mm-hmm. it sounds exhausting it sounds like there's just so much work to be done never enough hours in the day like i just imagine being wiped out but what i don't imagine is the exhilaration that you're describing and i think if you're not getting the exhilaration then maybe you're not doing it right um, oh i love that thought uh, so my inspirations were people like Andrew Yang, Stacey Abrams, people mm-hmm. who have fun and remain authentic to themselves while right. they're campaigning. And that's a lot of what we did. I stayed away from doing the types of events or fundraisers that I would have been bored to tears at because mm. it would have been obvious, you know, yeah. and mm. if I don't want to be there, how can I convince anyone else? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, it's, if because because the product is you that you're selling mm-hmm. you got to be you right there's yeah there, that that authenticity first of all it's so rare in politics everybody's trying to be what they think everybody wants them to be so i it, what a what a refreshing thing it must have been for people to go to your events and uh and just meet a real person hmm. yeah and it's felt so strange to be um, you know, to, to get praise for being a real person when you're just <laughs> being a real person. Um, that was one of the strangest things. Um, yeah. it, it felt <laughs> like I got an award every time I woke up. <laughs> wow. Now you see, now you're talking me into this thing. I'm, I'm, no. I'm liking it. Well, if you are prone to having a big ego, like I see the appeal. Uh, they were, my self-esteem was never higher than on election day. Oh, wow. it, and you say that, but you, you didn't win your election. Th- that is true. Is that right? I did not win my election. However, I came closer than to winning this election for a Democrat than ever before. Oh, I love it. Um, I met thousands of new people that now know my name and know that there is someone in our town that is standing up uh, to this group that has taken over. And a lot of people are coming out of the woodworks and saying, how can I get involved? Because hmm. I'm in Massachusetts, but this is a really conservative town that I'm mm-hmm. living in. Um, and it would fit just, it would fit in many other parts of the country. Um, right. But there's a lot of progressives and a lot of people who want for our community and our nation to be better, but are afraid uh, to stand up and to speak out. Yeah. Well, I, I just think, uh, I, I think it's great. I think if you can walk away from, uh, you know, from an election where you, you didn't even win, but walk away feeling that good about yourself and about what you achieved... Uh, I think that's the inspiration that we need. I think that's like, we don't need to win all of the elections. We just need to be fighting the good fight. Yeah. Right. It should be more about the fight than the, I mean, the end result is important, but if you are only accomplished, if you only try to win the fights that you can win, you're not fighting for anything. Well, you're and in the meantime... Watching. And like you say, in the meantime, you're galvanizing a whole bunch of people who who mm-hmm. didn't have anything anything to rally around. You're right. you're 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 raising the level of of the discussion in in your area. You're you're achieving all of these different things, which have nothing to do with whether or not you go to the state house the next year. Right. That is I think it exactly. I think I think that's, that's awesome. amazing. That's and I really think that cool. I, I'm guessing that there are people listening right now who are perking up because yeah. of your story. I uh, Yeah, I absolutely agree. I really hope so. Yeah. Well, well, Teresa, I you mentioned the National Democratic uh, Training Committee earlier. What are some yes. other resources that you, you found along the way that were helpful? Yeah, so if you are under 35, there are some organizations that are focused on helping young people who are interested in politics get started in their local levels. Hmm. Um, And then there's Run for Something, which is an organization helping first-time candidates. Awesome. And 
if you're female, there's also Emerge, which is an organization of women. It's like a networking and helping you grow as a candidate. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Teresa English are, you know, available for everyone on the internet. That's great. What an amazing thing this internet is. I, I'm going to have to <laughs> get me that. It's amazing. I love it. I'm going to so have to much. get some of that sometime. Uh, Teresa, thank you so much for joining us. We uh, we really appreciate it, and keep us keep us up to date with uh, with with what you're what you're out there doing in the world. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Please. Thank awesome. you both for having me on. If you would like to tell us about your exploits in the political realm, please write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call us and tell us about it. The telephone number is four two four six 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 eight four four two. Yeah, hey, go to the Facebook Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIatheist. And you can also, on Facebook, sign up for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. The best way to find it is to go to thankgodimatheist.com slash members only. Yeah. Also find us on Twitter at TGIatheist. Lots of, lots of Twittering happening. Uh, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine, fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you, dear friends, for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.